0: to Lit and Lucid podcast. I'm Lit and I'm here with Lucid and we have our guest here tonight, Andrew with Top Shelf Bud Tending. How's everybody doing? I'm good, how are you? Good, doing good. Uh, so we're just coming down from 420 weekend. So we thought that we would have an episode here on responsible social consumption and some other things that came up in 420 in the mile high over the last couple of days.
1: Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and introduce Andrew, and we'll see what we've got coming on. Oh, sorry. Um, Anyway, my bad. I'm Andrew with uh, Top Shelf Bud Tending. We uh, have been providing trained bud tenders and equipment for private events, parties, and weddings in the state of Colorado, Nevada, and California for three and a half years now, so we've kind of uh, shifted gears lately uh, towards looking onward at social consumption clubs and uh, helping out with health and safety standards and regulations surrounding these clubs on uh, city and state levels. So trying to make sure everybody's being safe when consuming and doing it the right way while also not tarnishing the industry and you know making regulations too excessive.
0: So okay, let's give background to our listeners. Uh, so, what is the law right now in regards to consumption in Colorado? Like, what can you do with the? So
1: specifically in Colorado, um, statewide, it is still illegal to consume open and publicly. So that hasn't really been clearly defined. Um, necessarily even by any anybody from the state so there are tour companies now that are getting away with saying they have a private bus that has tinted windows people can't see in that's a a private area or we have uh, yoga events that are hosted at a private venue with an rsvp list there are membership clubs that are allowing consumption inside um with with membership only um access and features that will uh keep you coming back but there really hasn't been anything established yet that allows for that amsterdam coffee shop right. social consumption so experience so like
0: if you didn't sign up already you're not going
1: right yeah you have to know about it beforehand there's just it, it's just a, a roundabout way of doing it and that's the way that we've been doing it for a while out of necessity in order to even have any type of consumption events but Denver had passed Initiative 300, what was it, a year and a half ago, and we only have one consumption venue open, uh, which is the coffee joint, and it really hasn't done anything super spectacular yet, and the reasons for that are, are numerous. With Initiative 300, you can't sell cannabis in, in the shop or the, the social consumption, designated consumption area, so... There's really no way to monetize your model unless you have a very good entertainment play. So having uh, entertainment come in and people buy tickets that way, or you sell food and beverage. That's really the only two ways that I can see a social club succeeding in Colorado right now, is having other revenue streams other than the cannabis itself. Right. So there's been chatter of uh, a tasting room bill uh, where dispensaries will be able to open up a tasting room and uh, be able to sell cannabis inside of the tasting room and have people consume on site. So they're finding ways to get around it. And uh, I'm curious to see what's going to happen. It's in its third hearing right now and it's been getting some traction. I have been a vocal opponent against it myself just because it, it, it undermines what we've been doing for years on trying to make this, this correct. And, um, I know there are differing opinions on
2: that issue specifically. Huh.
0: What do you think, Jared?
2: I think people should just be happy with what they get. <laughs> um, you know, when cannabis first came on the scene, um, what now, seven, eight years ago, there was consumption in dispensaries, medical dispensaries. People can go in, sample the product. And me being on the industry side, I see the headaches. It goes into, you know, the work we do. So I think a lot of the sampling that they're trying to implement that would take place in the dispensary side of things actually solves a lot of real issues that are happening right now, such as managers being able to sample the own product to better guide um, consumers and their, their preferences. As it sits right now, the current laws don't even allow managers or anybody within the cannabis um, industry to sample products legally. Uh, people have to find you know, creative ways to do it, mainly through people just purchasing the product and consuming it themselves. So I think that kind of opens up the door to do that. Which when you open up the door for managers and employees of dispensaries, so to speak, to a sample or a product, there's just way more education that goes into, you know, consumer education and buying habits and all that. So it benefits the consumers greatly um, on that end and solves that issue. Um, You know, I do see the other side of it, but I do think, you know, hope is not lost. Everything takes time. Um, A year and a half in the grand scheme of things is extremely a short period of time, Um, especially when we look at legalization and look at Colorado as being basically the cornerstone of the cannabis industry. Uh, Colorado has to be the ones that, you know, basically sets the whole model up for the rest of the country. So I think the lawmakers right now are just being very cautious and deliberate with, you know, what they do and just want to make sure they set it up the right way so the rest of the country, you know, lauds us for our efforts and doesn't say, look at Colorado, they screwed up and jumped a gun.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I said something actually very controversial the other day, um, after going to a bunch of different states and seeing how social consumption is being set up, uh, like West Hollywood, uh, their applications are opening up in May to where they're going to have social consumption clubs that are eligible for anyone to open up that will allow retail sales inside of them, full on smoking, vaporization and edibles, which that in my opinion is the model that we need to be replicating not the other way around and i think colorado is falling behind many other states Uh, even massachusetts before they pushed the issue back a little further to get it figured out more had a lot of social equity uh built into their ancillary cannabis clubs that they were going to be opening and then um you know they they were going to allow micro businesses to grow cannabis specifically for clubs to have a whole seed to sale pipeline specifically for entertainment and club purposes so i think there are ways to figure it out i personally think the med in colorado is being very lazy about it they don't want to have to change anything or put any extra work in and i think that there are a lot of entities dumping a lot of money into the back end of things on how these laws are going to work to benefit specifically dispensary chains and dispensary only operations um the fact of the matter is the dispensaries have not been serving people cannabis and nobody has really been reaching out to anyone on how to to roll this out and the, the rules for this have been left very broad in my opinion to uh to to take advantage of um getting around anything that they um didn't clearly define. So we'll see how it rolls out. It hasn't gone through yet. The tasting bill is still being voted on. Mm-hmm. And the governor might veto it. Who knows? But um, we'll see. I think there is a lot of potential. And regardless of what happens, I definitely want to help out and make sure that it's being rolled out correctly. Right. I just felt that um, much of the industry was kind of being left in the dark. Because nobody really even knows that the, the, you know, about the tasting room bill in general. When I talked to other industry leaders that have companies nobody really knows about it unless you have been affiliated with um the main dispensaries that are pushing the bill along
0: right well i feel like what you brought up is a separate issue from what andrew's talking about so i feel like the fact that managers and employees can't try the product on site oh yeah yeah you can't it's written into it's written into 1258 that
1: you can't you can't try on site period it's like It's like a bartender not being able to take shots before he serves somebody. Um, That's written into 1258 that you cannot consume as an employee or as a manager of a social consumption club, period. That will never be allowed. Mm -hmm. No, like at the dispensary. So like Jared bringing his
0: product to sell, by default. So you're not allowed
2: to just just give out samples to people in general? No, so it has nothing to do with consuming at the actual place. okay. so even like me, to, to actually try, you know, some of those 20s products, I have to physically manifest it to mm-hmm. store. Right. Um, even as a sample, there's there's no thing as a sample. You have to manifest it as a dollar amount. They have to pay you for the sample. Right. Um, and then I have to go in and I have to purchase that sample. So it's not a sample. It's still, I'm a still, still purchasing. It's still yeah. still yeah. okay, thing. Um, and even then, you know, if I want to give it to the employees, I can't just go get a bunch, bring it back to my farm and give it out to the employees. It's illegal. Um, so all the employees have to go separately and they all have to make separate transactions to purchase the stuff. Same thing for a dispensary or an infused product manufacturer. Um, you basically have to find partners that are willing to let you, you know, send stuff over, manifest it over, you know, go through the whole, you know, process of them, you know, preparing it for basically retail sale and you right. going and purchasing it. Huh. That's the biggest thing, in my opinion, that has to change, and it's all has to do with the MED. And so I think that's why the MED is involved with the part of it to where they're allowing managers to sample their own product. To me, there's like you said, there's two separate issues. Yeah, right? definitely. And so I don't. I'm not
1: sure. Um... Did, did you look anywhere inside of the the bill stating that the managers could try it? I didn't see that at all. Yeah, it's in there. Yeah. Okay. It was it cool. SB211.
2: 1258, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, the 211 is the consumption. Yeah,
1: 211 was the consumption club, one that they shot down that was going to allow ancillary people, like if you wanted to open a yoga studio, you could, yeah. and then you could manifest product into your studio and sell it. Right. So as a third party without having an existing
2: dispensary license. Yeah. But, I mean, you have to look at, you know, and this goes back to the consumption and public smoking. Um, I mean, you have to look at the big picture here, and I feel like that's what a lot of people forget. You know, they're so gung-ho for cannabis, and I'm the same way. Mm -hmm. I would like to get cannabis in everybody's hands because I believe it's a game-changer. But you have to think about, you know, the other aspects of it. You know, Colorado pushed really, really hard, especially Denver County, to get public smoking, as in cigarette smoking, outlawed in public places. Mm -hmm uh, restaurants alike and it's for the health thing. So why would they turn around three or four years later and then allow cannabis consume in public spaces? To me, that's just no. like a hypocritical move.
1: And I don't think it's right either. I mean, uh, we as cannabis consumers also have to respect non-consumers. Right. Exactly. Like, um, I think a lot of the times cannabis consumers get caught up in the thought that cannabis is completely side effect free and there's nothing wrong with smoking a joint in front of somebody that doesn't consume. Um, that person could work for a federal entity and could lose their job if they do pop hot on a test. Right. So there are things we have to be aware of as consumers and advocates for yeah. things like that. Well, I Jesus think we're all on the somebody, same
2: page. This could be somebody with cancer who's on chemo and the whiff of smell will, you know, set off their immune system. And they can die. There's, there's things that are like bigger than just being able to go and smoke a J in public. And that's yeah. what, you know, I, I will support smoking weed, but you know, You got to think about everybody else too at some point. Yeah, and so on that, there's so many other ways to consume cannabis. Take a vaporizer, go vape it, eat an edible, Um, and all that stuff is so discreet that make you know you could take you know Ripple by Stillwater Mm -hmm. makes a great product. Just dump it in your drink and drink it. So you know people are so up in arms about public consumption, and I'm like Jesus, you know maybe you're violating a rule but there's so many other ways you can consume in public that doesn't involve just blazing it up and making But I think we
0: should also be able to evolve to this next point where you know there are, you know, places where you can consume alcohol all night and same exact thing. There should be a model available for people to be able to smoke cannabis in a responsible manner in the same way. Yeah,
1: I've been essentially my career has been built on um taking existing bar practices and converting that into Um, a different substance just using cannabis instead of alcohol and uh, doing it in the safest manner possible because realistically we're going to have regulations we're going to have governments looking at everything that we're doing there's no way around that so i at least want to represent cannabis in the best way possible but also keep guests safe we also in colorado in working in the industry we're in a bubble um there are places i go people don't know what a terpene is um I got asked this weekend why I was using an electronic nail. <laughs> they had no idea what an email was. Right. It was a tourist from out right. of state. So we forget that um, sometimes yeah. we, <laughs> we don't realize that um, there are new brand new consumers that will be trying a dab for the first time that haven't smoked weed in 30 years. And those things can set off panic reactions. Those things can set off negative reactions. People can have a bad time on cannabis. Um, to be fair, out of the psychedelic substances that I've had, cannabis has given me the worst panic attack out of any of them myself. So we just have to be very careful and respect the plant at the level that it is. You know, uh, when it's consumed by uh, brand new consumers, and treat every guest like a blank canvas. Yeah. And I'm sure a couple tour companies this uh, this past weekend saw quite a few right. green outs and pass outs right. and things. And we just have to be used to, to seeing these things with social consumption and, and roll it out the right way. Yeah.
2: Well, so I think that's something that's written in the, in the bill too, for, to apply for a marijuana license to have a venue to consume cannabis is these these uh, businesses have to write an entire plan of, yeah. okay, hey, you know, if somebody gets too high, how do you you know deal with that? What is the, how do you recognize somebody who's too high? Yeah. And so I think that's what's slowing down a lot of the process, because who who knows that? I mean, there's no... Well, yeah, yeah. My company specifically,
1: yeah, my my company specifically wrote two of the operations plans for some of the i300 clubs so exactly but you had to write We've them there's there nowhere you i had to, to do up, yeah there's nothing you the didn't go life. to barnes and noble and pick and up the book no. and say okay no. here's a step-by-step guide that's no. what i'm saying people exactly. still have to like have the experience to write those things and but so that's, that's like one percent of the one percent like you yeah. can't that the information is not widely available you're 100 right yeah so it takes
2: time that's all it takes time and experience and how to deal with these things how do businesses you know, write up those, you know, the reviews and how to, you know, write the SOPs for employees and how do they designate certain areas and how are they going to know, you know, the layout of their place and how to dispose of the marijuana Mm -hmm. when they're done. You know, what do you do, throw it in a trash can? Bad bad idea. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But businesses, yeah, businesses have to have these plans already in place when they apply for that license of exactly what they're going to do with all of these different scenarios Mm -hmm. and dispose of their weed properly and, um, have you know specific places to consume in and all that good stuff
1: yeah you're 100% right they uh, for 300 specifically their their uh, requirements for operations plans are are pretty strict mm-hmm. so um, unfortunately I've seen that they are approving things that are a little bit vague that I'd like to see more clarification on but we have a 120 page operations plan already ready to go for clubs and That has all of the standard operating procedures that we've been building for three and a half years and the only way to do that is through just experience and seeing it um cannabis is different than alcohol and we have to treat it separate i know i love the idea of regulate like alcohol but you're regulating a substance like another substance and they're different Yeah, yeah and they're different um i want it to be accessed like alcohol i don't want to be treated like alcohol i want it to be better than alcohol
2: yeah yeah no i think that's a good way to put it too yeah um so, how, I mean, that's interesting. So, maybe there's some people out there that want to find out more information. Maybe they're on a the cusp for getting a venue. How do they get yeah. a hold of you to?
1: Yeah, you can get a hold of me at uh, www.topshelfbudtending.com and then our contact us page. Um, Instagram is another good one at Topshelf Budtending and then uh, Andrew Muir on Facebook, M I E U um, R E. Send me a DM and we can get you started been working uh, very heavily with a lot of the, uh, the companies here in Denver
2: I'm interested more in like the broad view of what like cannabis butt tending would look like I mean is it like an open bar where you have
0: yeah, like multiple great. strains
2: sitting there is there like multiple ways people can consume so like I go to a bar uh-huh. they have obviously all the liquor behind the shelf they have like you know beer on tap I can get a craft beer I can you know take a shot at tequila. At the same time, you know, somebody can go up there and take, like, body shots. I mean, like, what does that look like from a cannabis standpoint? So, currently, what <laughs> if we... If you would have
0: been invited to yeah. my Cannabis Queen birthday party,
1: you would have known. I didn't know you did so. <laughs> <laughs> we threw her beautiful birthday party. Yeah, so... It's so cool. Essentially, what happens is, um, if we're doing a private event like her birthday party, let's say, um, we would show up with our bar, all of the dab rigs that we need, all of the sanitation equipment... Uh, Needed to clean all the rigs and keep it safe that way. Um, And then she would donate the cannabis that she legally purchases under her... uh Purchase and carry limit so it's not ever over the amount she can't bring me four pounds of flour to give out to her guests so we keep it under the limit they bring it to us and then we act as the middleman to serve it to the guests and make sure the guests are being safe while they're consuming we essentially provide the service of the trained bud tenders and then all of the the people dabbing or consuming uh, flour so what happens is a guest would then come up decide if they want concentrates or if they want flour um if it's a lot of brand new guests, we have a sheet you can fill out to find out exactly where your tolerance is and what your preferences are for the flour. And then we load up a bowl for you and teach you how to use it if you don't know. We roll joints for you if that's the service you're looking for. And then we can give um, standardized served dabs because we do have a standardized serving size every time we serve a dab. So yeah. people can continue to come back multiple times if they want more and we can then gauge what their intoxication level is each time. Um, and usually the, the private parties are a little more laid back. Um, but as far as these clubs go, what we do here where somebody comes up to the dab bar, takes a dab, we clean the apparatus, and then the next person comes all in a line at the bar, that will not exist. So the health department said mm. absolutely not. They really? gave me <laughs> – the, the way that they described it was – that's like having somebody take, or multiple people at a, a table take the, a shot out of a chalice. Oh yeah. So it's the same. <laughs> oh, so what's going to happen? My envision and my my vision yeah, yeah. for what I'm seeing, mouthpieces won't even work because they're afraid of the water being contaminated in the bomb. Oh bong. my goodness. So behind us, on at a bar, a cannabis bar, we'll have multiple rigs ready and lined up and ready to go swapping New them rain, in and, and out, out. yes oh, wow. so, so okay,
0: it's essentially like a glass for at a bar exactly
1: maybe, so uh, we uh, we're finding creative innovative ways to clean this stuff uh quickly and efficiently because we have to uh rinse yeah clean sanitize yeah. just yeah. like you, you would have a, at a bar a mm-hmm. sink behind you. so we have to have uh inside of the operations plan you have to have a three compartment sink in your establishment so it's, it's essentially the same rules that are set up for a bar now, oh. um, just different. Um, and we're trying to find creative ways to make this work and it's been such a pain and they're throwing every roadblock they can, but I get it, like if we wanted to be just like a bar, you can't give a dirty dab rig to right. people that three other people have used. Now, let's say that you get essentially a dab rig bottle service and you want a ten thousand dollar rig to rent that we Mm -hmm. have that's just beautiful and you've never seen anything like that before we give you that to consume with you take it over to your station with all of your product and you and your friends are all hitting off of it Mm -hmm. that's completely fine right now if you come up to the bar multiple times um, we would be giving you a new rig to consume at the bar each time so it's looking like it's going to be a lot of extra work on the back end but we're figuring things out and it's it's moving along and i foresee a lot of these other um municipalities in california kind of taking lead with this same type of thing if this um, is
0: happening in Colorado right now? These Colorado. Sort of that, what I was speaking of with about.
1: those regulations, that was my discussion specifically with the health department. Um, the health department didn't know what an email nail was. Um, they just knew that they didn't want torches mm-hmm. because they were afraid of torches, which is fine. Uh, they just didn't know what an email was. So I went in and took in um, joint papers. I brought in all of my dab rigs. I brought in every device that I used or could show them, any disposable one-hitters. I showed I uh, showed them everything that um, guests could consume out of, and gave them an idea of what it looks like. And they were kind of blown away by all the technology that was out there. Yeah, they're
0: probably annoyed.
1: <laughs> and they, it kind of put them at ease, but at the same time, that brought up a, a whole new slew of challenges that we needed to get around.
2: Yeah. So I mean, how does it feel to be that guy that's like? I mean, you're pushing the boundary. It's probably like painful at some point, but then rewarding
1: later. Man, like two weeks ago, I wanted to give up and throw it all in and just be done with it because it's a lot of work. But at the same time, you know, this is what I've this is what I've known for years, and this is what I live for. And um, you know, I just I don't want to compromise the guest experience and guest health. That's what I've always been about. Um, I also don't want to compromise cannabis's reputation and. People have always told me that I come off a bit conservative with a lot of my sanitation standards and, um, you know, guest monitoring. But the fact of the matter is, as soon as we start having bad experiences with people in the public eye, like um, mm-hmm. somebody pulls their phone out and Snapchats someone overconsuming and passing out at a club, that's going to then show the rest of the world that yep. cannabis has an inherent danger when it doesn't in the way that we see it but we get one wrong news story or one bad thing happening at one of these clubs and that can really change the course of legalization in my opinion so i'm doing it to really help out and move the 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 needle forward on showing that it can be done responsibly
2: yeah no i think that's good and that's what people need um on my end you know i'm probably the same way i'm extremely conservative and i'm like trying to foster even like the area that i'm in um very conservatively so that yeah we put the best image forward and two just in my travels, everybody's looking at Colorado from multiple different oh, angles. Yeah. Um, maybe you know, like you mentioned, Maine and California may be ahead of us in just a couple areas, but I mean, Colorado is yeah, so far ahead of everybody else. It's not kind even close. of.
1: I mean, it's it's a toss up right now because nobody actually has any licensed clubs open that are working. They're mm-hmm. all underground. Denver really is the only one with licensing process that's up and running right yeah. now. They're taking applications in Cali soon, but that's only for West Hollywood. That's still a city. There is no state yet that's done this on that scale. Um, which is why I was excited for Massachusetts I'm moving to Vegas next month to, oh, to try to move their stuff forward because I think that's going to be the hospitality capital for oh, cannabis Vegas will be I that. think so no, that's where my heart's telling me to go but like <laughs> I was going to move to Massachusetts before they push back all of their laws because it was so progressive they were going to allow like I said micro businesses that you can yeah. purchase cannabis uh, wholesale and then resell it at clubs it's beautiful but um, it so just it needs crazy. to be done right
2: and I think you know there's there's certain municipalities that will definitely push for that before i'm seeing as the big picture east coast is extremely conservative very um so even there's a lot of different aspects of it that i think will never be allowed in the east coast because there's just like so much different than the west coast mm-hmm. and look at what's going on in california right now it's like you could show up to an event with 10 pounds of weed in your car and nobody says anything and in colorado people like freak out about that even with the regulated system
1: yeah cali's cali's actually changed since january 1 um a lot of these wild west unregulated events um They've been sending a lot of their uh, vice agents in to take care of that and stop it. Uh, People are paying attention to personal carry limits there and there are a lot of uh, laws in place in California specifically now to allow cannabis events where sales will take place, but it's only allowed at like county fairgrounds. And then um, the county fairgrounds or city fairgrounds are saying no to cannabis, so there's very few places to even throw this stuff. So we're, we're working it all out, but um, it's all just brand new challenges, and it, it makes it fun. But it's also, I want to bang my head against
2: the wall in this <laughs> case. So. You were there with all of us, so I'll tell you, just keep on hanging in there. Um, <laughs> that's what I said earlier. It's like painful one day, but then it's rewarding the next. Yeah, it's like this so trade-off, it it's back and forth. Yeah. And then I guarantee in 10 years you're going to look back and be like, damn, you know, I did that. It's definitely worth
1: there. it. It's just taken forever, um, you know. As far as like four twenty this weekend, how did your guys' experiences go? Did you did you have any social consumption experiences at all or? Yeah, they were all negative. <laughs> yeah, well so and this
2: and Lucy has way more, so I'm just gonna get my like little Blur. rant out of the way first. But <laughs> like twelve rants. Yeah, so I mean first we uh, attended Cincy Night on Thursday, four nineteen, which is obviously always a blast. Since he mm-hmm. always puts on a good event. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Probably one of like their biggest ones I've seen. Um, and then Saturday I attended um, Dixie Elixir's party at Summit Music Hall. I was at you Dixie was as well. Were you? Yep. I must have missed you. Yeah.
1: I, I was there at like 1030. It wasn't popping just yet. Well, so
2: I was upstairs just hitting up the uh, free bar. The free bar. <laughs> yeah. um, but what was funny is that when you walk into these places and it's a cannabis, it's a cannabis event. It's thrown by a cannabis company, but they do not allow cannabis consumed at the site. And I know 100% it's the venue. Yep. And there's nothing they can do. I mean, it goes back to the social consumption laws and all that. But it's still just like so, it's almost like it's hypocritical ironic. And, yeah, yeah. and ironic that you walk in and it's like, oh, now I got to take. You know, it's honestly painful. It is. They're like pumping out alcohol, and I hate alcohol. Yeah. Like, and then you have no choice because
0: that's the only yeah. option. It's like, okay. Yeah, everybody's well, sitting around, they offer yeah. like a
2: free bar and all that. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to sit, water sip water right. in the corner. And, no. But it is like 100% hypocritical that. The cannabis industry events, even Sensi and I, like they just pump out alcohol like it's nothing, but you know, no cannabis. If yeah. you consume cannabis, you get kicked out.
0: Well, Sensi even had a looper on site. So I was like, great, we can go get on the looper. This will be perfect. I go up to the looper, and they're like, "No, you're not on the list. You're not
1: getting on the looper." I was like, "What list?" RSVP looper list. Yeah. Do you know the reason behind that? No. Well, um, I assume it's
0: like a private event. Ton
1: of the companies this year got cease and desist letters from the Med. Oh wow! It was the first time that I've heard of it happening on 420. Yeah, I, didn't know, that was I know that they've been sending them around to private clubs for a minute, but like a lot of the tour companies and um, a lot of the yoga just companies well, an just the event. Yeah, the event. The event companies all got a, uh, a letter. Basically stating that you're not allowed to do this. So um, they made all of the smoke buses, which are normally, you just walk in and walk off. Um, If you're not RSVP'd prior to that, you could not get on. So it it was really killing uh, what we were doing. (laughs) Yeah, so we're in a weird flux right now. Um, (laughs) It's quasi-allowed at certain things, but now they're starting to crack down that we've got some form of licensed establishment. But then the licensing that they gave us was very, I don't know, re- restrictive. And
0: So like so like these private places, they own their own business mm-hmm. and they're hosting a private event within the compounds of their own business. Mm-hmm. And then they're still getting letters from the city saying, no, you're not allowed to do business how you are.
1: Yeah, Why? because they're saying, hey, we have this new license process. If you're serving cannabis, this is what you have to do to do that. So, but if
0: you're not serving? You your your event people are bringing their own. And doing it's bring the
1: your things. own. But what's happening is Vice has been sending in undercover agents to a lot of these, and they're starting to find out that yeah, um, they say that they're private. Right. And they say they're not giving things out, but it's happening. Okay. Um, let's be real. Yeah, there are people that are definitely exceeding their their personal carry limits, and they're giving out way more than they should. Yeah. Um, I'm very by the book on how I work with all of that. Like I never allow more than eight grams of concentrate at my booth when I'm serving like whatever my and my other bud tenders carry limits are we don't That's go over good. that um when we're serving so when you bring like pounds right
0: night,
1: no how does that just work say um life? like say say you wanted five ounces mm-hmm. um it would be uh say a wedding once five ounces of cannabis there would be um, five of the bridesmaids would have their own ounce and then one at a time oh, would each, come up to the bar. Yeah, yeah, because then it's just that one person. Yeah. It never I would never put five pounds behind your Five ounces bed. at my bar at one time. Yeah. It's just not its not worth it. And uh, that's why a lot of this is finally starting to get shut down. It, it sucks in a way because yes, we do need a place to consume and, and it is a plant and it needs to be free. But like they're... We, we have we have rules and regulations we have to play within. And if we keep going against this, they're going to fight back and they're going to make regulations harder on us in the future if we don't play nice now, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. No, I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. It's like the more you fight something, they're like, you hey, screw it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't need this. Just make it harder for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, sadly, it's like everywhere with the cannabis, it's like they just, every day, it's a new hoop to jump through. And I think <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, I work in the industry side, so I swear it's once a month we get a bulletin about a new rule change. Yep and I go talk to all my vendors and all my clients and you know we all come to one conclusion that it's them. I mean, they like backtracking rules, make things like really vague where nobody really knows what's going on. And I think they have a, I think they have good intentions, but all they're doing is just making it harder for people. Um, it's very costly and they're just like, see who's left standing in the end, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's, I just feel lately the Colorado industry has just been a race to the bottom. We're, we're stuck in a weird flux right now. Um, the 1258 tasting room bill they're not allowing any food being provided in these accessory rooms but initiative 300 in denver they're allowing full food preparation so in one club so the the tasting room club you could have sales and consumption but no food and in the other club in denver You can have bring your own, no sales, but you can have food and entertainment. So it's like, what do you want to do? What do you want to open? What sounds better? Like, So it's kind of, it's strange right now. We're seeing like two different type of models. We'll see what one wins out. And the fact of the matter is we've only got one application turned in so far for a club. And it's been less than ideal. So I'm hoping more people kind of jump on board and try to make this work. The problem with the 300, too, that one is... That one's a pilot program. That's only good until 2020. We only have a year and a half left, and if somebody does a really good build out, it's gonna take 11 months to finish. That's totally. gonna give them one year of operations to prove that this works to the city. And I, don't, I personally don't think the city even wants to see it succeed because they've been putting setback after setback. So maybe the state bill is the only way that we're actually gonna get consumption for a while. And personally, that's why I've been looking at other markets because it doesn't seem to me that Colorado wants to play along with actually making this a viable model. Yeah. sadly <laughs> yeah my, my experience was the same for 420 as well it just felt this 420 felt so strange to me the weather was terrible the entire time um, I saw a lot of just like everybody was super apprehensive and just not excited um, there was an event that I went to we were expected to have 150 guests only 40 showed up they all paid you know 50 to hundred dollars a ticket for this event they did not even show up. And it was, it was just, it was so strange this year. I don't know if it was like fear of being prosecuted for something or, um, you know, uh, just being too the high as tourists.
0: Definitely there. Well, then there were so many tourists. Yeah. And then, you know, then you have the cop presence and then you have a bunch of tourists at a club and it's like, well, I'm out. Like, they're yeah. not trying to get caught up in that. And then that kind of gives them a bad perception of Colorado and they had a bad experience. So then it's like, do they even want to come back? And... I don't know
1: i would have been livid if i would have spent a couple thousand dollars coming out here and it it was sleeting the entire time during my free concert yeah yeah like
0: nobody was going to any of those outdoor concerts
1: and then with all like the the looper bus being weird and all of these other events being just not kind of just not the colorado way that we've been doing it it just it felt so strange like i was so ready and i hate saying this i was so ready for the weekend to be over um I love the culture and I love the movement I love everything about it but it was just it was so strange this time around I was just
2: done. like by Sunday I was done
0: yeah. Well, and everybody I feel like in the industry was like yeah. everybody I talked to everybody had the same feeling. you know like, what I've
2: seen and people are going to get really mad at me for saying this but that's just my life story so who cares but 420 what is 420 today? So why are we celebrating on 419, 421, 422? Because I feel like at some point all you're doing is watering down the whole. You're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of you know before it used to be 420 is like the day that everybody gets high and there's like you know you talk about the quad and everybody that was like the thing to do in Colorado that got shut down. Yeah. The 420 rally was on 420. Everybody went to the rally, and now that it's starting to become more privatized, people are trying to monetize it. People are trying to take advantage of it, and so now it like got stretched out of this four day period to me. On 420, I roll through Denver, and I'm like, "There ain't no nothing fun going no. on today." You know, my fun's tomorrow. I'm going to the Dixie party tomorrow, yeah. so I'm going to go back home chill and come back tomorrow. But that's what I see, and it's like it's just watered down now.
1: Yeah. Do you think? Um, do you think the consumers think that, especially in Colorado, if you're a regular consumer, do you think it, the the industry itself is becoming um, so? I don't want to say watered down, but we become so used to having legal cannabis, it's just becoming another thing. Um, I've been seeing that a lot because, like, the parties and stuff I go to now, it's the same people that it's I see each time. It's a We're really not yeah. seeing anything new happening, nothing exciting. Um, and then nightclubs now that aren't cannabis related, people go to those just because, you know, that's a mingling place. But with these private events and stuff, I'm just starting to see that people are actually just preferring to consume at home or just not even go anymore because it's it's just not exciting i don't i don't i just i don't feel i don't feel the excitement of the new industry anymore yeah. and i think we're starting to see like cali and nevada they're all super excited and all this and stuff's new to, to new them and
0: exciting and different yeah. but I, I yeah we'll yeah. 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 A, I think, yeah. I, I think I honestly think Colorado's honeymoon yeah. period
1: is over. It's um, over. I think that there will be there will be winners.
0: I will agree with that though. Most of the events are the same. Yeah, bullshit. It's just like, the same thing it's over and over. Same again. It's, the same <laughs> it's so the same people. Yeah. Like I mean, I don't know if it's because we're in our own little bubble yeah. but
1: I felt that way for a minute thing. though. Like there's really not been any new consumers and when people come out from other states, they're really excited to see the legal market and stuff but if there's anybody in Denver that already consumes right. they're not going out to events um, that are these RSVP only ones anymore so I'm just curious to see what the viability of a social club is for cannabis consumption anyway so right. maybe people have just gotten so used to consuming at home already and don't want to have to leave and they yeah. just rather watch Netflix and binge and not come to clubs this whole thing we could, we could put millions of dollars into a club and it could never see right People at all. Maybe maybe even, nobody even likes it. We've just never had the experiment enough to even know. We don't
0: even know what the demand is, I no, guess. No, not at all. We're just assuming there's a demand. We're
2: just
1: stepping into the dark yeah. and hoping yeah. that it works.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean... People will And this know. is what's going to come back. I think so, but... I mean... Uh, I'm like a consumer, but I'm not like a massive consumer where I can go out to a club and spend four hours at a club just doing nothing but smoking weed. <laughs> yeah, I We have like, to have other. Entertainment. I hope they have like a couch on the side that I can just go crash yeah. on halfway through. There's um, some good
1: models like uh, have Denver Vape and Play. They're trying to do uh, like a video game arcade concept. Right, I can and did that. 100%. We can do uh, like a music venue would be so great because there's already yeah. consumption going on. You need with with consumption clubs. You have to have a long term length of stay model. That's my problem with the tasting rooms is they're going to allow you to consume up to a gram of concentrate in the same sitting that you buy it without any type of, right. It's like giving somebody a bottle of whiskey. (laughs) So, and I know, and I know we have, like, there are people that can take a whole gram and be fine, but but there are new consumers and we have to watch out for that. But if you don't have a long-term length of stay incentive That creates risks for the consumer and that also creates a liability for the company. A lot of people aren't thinking about liability. So people are always upset when, like, my bud tenders aren't allowed to consume on the job. You're such a prohibitionist. That's bullshit. Why are you not allowing them to consume? So I always give them this scenario your friend is Snapchatting me giving them a dab and then I take a dab on that same Snapchat, yeah. they then later get into a wreck, and they'll be like, oh, well, he was consuming and serving my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's your liability. Yeah. Your company that's is her. done. You're yeah. going to prison. Yeah. So people don't think that far ahead because there will be liability issues. We have a lot of insurance issues right now. Oh, yeah. I'm um, sure. It's tough that's for cool. bud I'm tenders sure. <laughs> to find insurance. I'm sure. Uh, general liability is even tough to find.
2: I just wrote an, art- well, I was in an article from Bloomberg Law, and that's 100% about the whole article is about us about benefits insurance and all that um, (laughs) even nowadays like us and even though we don't, I mean, we sell products direct to consumer, we have to have product liability insurance mm-hmm. um, to where if somebody did, so this is where it all came about. I'm pretty sure somebody in Colorado- Was it the guy at Garden's case where the guy the, shot
1: his family? Did you hear no, about that? Or so was it the jumping out of the balcony not talk about that. <laughs> yeah, no, <this laughs> Hey, guy, man, listen. I'm joking.
2: But um, no, it was the guy that jumped out of the balcony These and apparently they, they tried to backtrack it and say it was because he consumed too much cannabis and yep. he decided to jump out a window. And I'm like, that's horse shit anyways. But either way, what they did was backtrack now and now companies that sell products- you have to have product liability insurance, yep. which is another like pain in the ass um, step in the whole It's process. another cost, but I mean that's part yeah. of business. I mean, yeah,
1: and they'll 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 tax you even harder. Being a cannabis company, they'll double or triple your rates. Oh, We've it's been called de- it's the cannabis tax. The cannabis tax, yeah. yeah, it's it's terrible. So there there are more things we got to look out for than just like it being really chill, bro. Like,
2: yeah. I love
1: heady Culture and whatnot, <laughs> but like heady Culture right now, um, mixing with law is very tough for me. Because the the government doesn't care if it's if it's chill or it's cool. They need data and they need backed up points and safety nets is what the government needs. Yeah. They don't they don't care that it's cool or not. It has to be done right. right?
2: Exactly. No, I one hundred percent agree. Yeah. And I think the industry is going to head that way. You know, if you're just focused on just getting stoned every day, bro, and you know living the, the high life, it's like that's great. But you're not going to be part of legalization in the future because no. that's not what those people want to see. No. Well, um, and, and until we are in that position to write the laws, we have to do what they want. It's
1: growing up. The it fact is. of the matter is cannabis yeah. is growing up and some people will be left behind, some people won't, some people hate it, some people you know, will, will embrace it and love it. Um, I'm in the middle on all types of issues and yep. I think with the, the maturation of the industry itself, um, we'll, we'll see these things. I know. I know some people feel burned. There are people that have served prison time for this plant that are now getting completely left out. And I feel for it and I try my best to at least help who I can when I can but it you know I always feel I feel burned by big companies all the time too. myself and I've never served prison time so I can't even imagine what these people are feeling right so I think social consumption itself has the ability since it's so new and hasn't been tapped into yet and it's so untouched we can have minorities and women and people that have served time before get involved that were Completely cut out of owning dispensaries before. I think social consumption also brings social equity, and that's what I've really been pushing towards as well through what I've been doing.
2: Yeah, and I will say there's, I mean, there's good and bad, but there's a lot of companies, larger companies that I work with that are 100% understanding of the culture, and they actually, I mean, they allow their employees to like be a part of that culture. Mm -hmm. They establish their company culture around that culture. They have certain days where they you know embrace and celebrate it. Um, There's so many companies that will. If you've ever, you know, had any wrong with cannabis, they would much prefer to hire you because you have that passion behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that passion is what's going to push you to be a better employee. What is it? San Bernardino, I think. And don't quote me on this, but there's somebody in California where they're... Oakland's really big. They're, like, pushing that people, minorities, yep. and people who have been in prison, they like, their first... They're allowed first, uh, yep, Massachusetts
1: with their social clubs. They were mm-hmm. going to have a first-in-line access mm-hmm. to where... Minorities and um, specific neighborhoods would be able to open up clubs first mm. yep. and have access to that, which is cool. That's, like, good. that's awesome. well, I mean, the the, yeah. the drug wars negatively impacted them for so right. long, and yep. a lot of these people—that's what they—that was their social drug of choice was cannabis, and that's what they got caught with. Yep. So um, maybe they didn't want to have alcohol and they wanted to, to smoke weed instead, and they go to prison for it. You should be able to open up a yeah. club to where you you know you, you you've, know. you've you've done your time. Right. Absolutely. Right. So.
0: Cool. Well, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so Good much. Good talk. Yeah. Thanks, no yeah. Thank you for sharing all your knowledge with us. Yeah.
1: Appreciate you guys having me. I'm uh, hoping to to push the envelope forward, or you know, push the issue forward, yes. and uh, figure out what we can do to, to keep social consumption safe and fair for everybody. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. I appreciate you and the industry and what you're doing. Um, I appreciate that you're focused on the health and safety and the regulations, and you're doing it the right way. I appreciate 100%. that, man. Thank you.
0: Stay tuned and check out Top Shelf Bud Tending now in Nevada in the next month or so. Uh, So check him out. Super dope things going on with that. Um, And with that, we'll conclude episode six. I'm Lit. I'm Lucid. All right. And we'll catch you guys later.
2: Laters.